Welcome to a special Catholic Schools Week edition of the Colby Cast, episode 84. We're happy you joined us for a fresh look at one of our favorite and most frequent topics, the fundamental question of defining education. We're honored to take up that question with Patrick Riley, founder and president of the Cardinal Newman Society, who proposes the idea of education as a window into God's mind and explains how this perspective, along with a healthy dose of frustration, led him to look deeply at the state of Catholic education at the college level. He also elucidates some the difference between Newman Guide schools and schools with Newman centers. Stay tuned for an upcoming episode on the latter. In the meantime, please enjoy this thought-provoking episode. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. And I'm Jordan. As a product of homeschooling, I'm proud to teach Greek and Latin for Colby online and serve as the alumni and public relations director. conversations about Catholic colleges, you've likely heard the term Newman Guide thrown out. Whether you're not sure what that means, or you're well-versed in the designation, this episode will likely shed some light on why so many people talk about Newman Guide recommended colleges, what the Cardinal Newman Society is, and what they do in support of Catholic education for all ages. Jordan, Stephen, and I are delighted to welcome Mr. Patrick Riley, founder and president of the Cardinal Newman Society, publisher of the Newman Guide, to the Colby Cast. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. While many of our listeners are probably familiar with you, thanks to the recent virtual college fair that Colby hosted, or from your writing and speaking appearances, or the Newman Guide, could you introduce yourself to those who are new to Catholic education and or homeschooling, or for whom the term Newman Guide may be vaguely familiar but still foggy? Sure. Great. Um, So the Cardinal Newman Society, I started over 28 years ago. So it's been a while. Um, And it's been a a great experience of working in trying to promote and defend faithful Catholic education. So our hope is for a renewal of Catholic education, particularly in the sense of being faithful and truthful. Uh, And of course, we've seen such a great decline of Catholic education over the last 50 years in many respects. On the other hand, we've seen such an exciting renewal occurring, especially in the last decade, last couple decades, uh, and and really starting as early as the 1970s with some of these great colleges that we have today. So it, at the same time that we're seeing certain decline and, and great problems in the culture, we're also seeing uh, great things happen. And so the Newman Guide is, is our recognition of colleges, Catholic colleges that are out there where Catholic families can find an institution that um, is focused not just on getting someone in a good career, which they do that, but really providing a strong uh, education, which means a strong intellectual formation as well as a strong uh, spiritual and social formation. Why is the Cardinal Newman Society and, by extension, the many of the Catholic ministry centers on campuses, why are they named for Cardinal Newman? Oh, well, uh, St. John Henry Newman uh, just uh, made a saint, one of our more recent saints. Um, I had the pleasure uh, or privilege, I should say, of of being at both the canonization and the beatification for Newman. Just a wonderful, wonderful saint for our times. 
but uh, he was a lifelong educator, developed a wonderful high school in, well, grade school, high school in uh, England at the Birmingham Oratory, and then also is known for his idea of a university, which is a collection of the lectures he gave when founding a Catholic university in Dublin, which ironically, the Catholic bishops in Ireland didn't quite see his vision and ended up, uh, the university still exists, but it's it's very secular. It's not at all what Newman wanted. But his idea of a university survives, and these Newman Guide Colleges have really taken on that vision of an institution that in its essence is about intellectual formation, but it can't do that properly without uh, due concern for the spiritual and and social and other aspects of the human person. And so he argued very strongly for Catholic education and essentially said that education is not education unless it's Catholic, ultimately, because you're rejecting and excluding the most fundamental and important branch of knowledge from your consideration, and it enters into every subject And so a Catholic institution is talking about history from a Catholic perspective. It's talking about math from a Catholic perspective as the order of the world is, this is, you know, God, a window into God's mind. And we as Catholics should be seeing things that way and not just in a, in a functional career focused way. I'm curious what 28 years ago, what was the inspiration for, for you to start this? Um, Rage. <laughs> no, I, you know, I was fed up. I had, I had attended Catholic institutions. I had attended a Catholic high school that was not very good in terms of the Catholic faith. I was very weak in my Catholic faith going into college, frankly, when I started this thing, which is interesting. And, you know, I ended up at a, a Jesuit institution that uh, my advisor and told me you're going to go there and it's going to be this great experience of Jesuit education, you're going to have four years of ethics, four years of logic, four years of philosophy, theology, you're going to have just this great experience of interacting with people and these great uh, intellectual giants. And that is not at all what I experienced. Unfortunately, the, the on campus, the only dialogue was very political. You basically belong to one group or another, which is the way our entire society has gone today. The courses that I had were rather minimal in terms of, you know, theology, philosophy, ethics, that sort of thing. And they weren't very good. Some of them were, but others, my freshman theology course was taught by a, a priest who, uh, who testified before the Massachusetts state legislature that same-sex marriage was required by Catholic teaching. You know, this was the sort of thing that was going on there. When I was there, these were in the early days of ACT UP, and so the whole LGBT movement was just getting going, and many of our professors and students were very much involved with that. And I was in the journalism program, became editor of the student newspaper, and that same year, the university officially approved a LGBT club, officially approved a pro-abortion club affiliated with NARAL, we found out that they were giving abortion referrals through the health center. And so, you know, God kind of hoodwinked me, you know, I thought I was going into a journalism degree and God said, nope, you're going to talk about this. And 
and and that's what I did. And I and it seemed to me very obvious that these things were contrary to a Catholic education. So that's what got me started. And so I was pretty upset with what was going on and felt that if we simply exposed these things, we could change uh, the direction of Catholic education. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. And so, you know, the Newman Society has has developed very much from initially where we were simply reporting on problems in Catholic education to now where we look very deeply at what is Catholic education. There needs to be a whole new re-education of what is Catholic education. What's it all about? What is education per se? What's the essence of it? And looking at what does that mean for Catholic institutions in terms of their policies, in terms of their athletics, their student activities, their curriculum, their admissions, their uh, leadership, their hiring policies, everything top to bottom needs to be rethought and reclarified. And the exciting thing is that's happening. The bishops have been, uh, by and large, very excited about it and, and assisting with that at the K-12 level. And uh, at the higher education level, we have these great Newman Guide Colleges that are setting the example and setting the standard for what Catholic education is all about. See why you mentioned rage after after hearing that story. <laughs> yes, that's it's disturbing to at the to say the least. It is, and it, it comes back as a parent, right? So now my kids, I have three kids in college, and if if they were in the same situation, I would be pretty angry. As a parent, fortunately, they're in quite the opposite situation, and so whatever frustrations I had with, with what's wrong in the church, and we all have those frustrations, um, and it's probably been that way since St. Since Paul, you know, raging at uh, what was going on in some of his communities. But on the other hand, it's just such great delight, and they, you see the Holy Spirit working in such amazing ways in, in good, faithful Catholic education, and you see the graduates of these institutions going on and just doing amazing, amazing work. And so that's why uh, I'm just so in love with these great Catholic colleges and, of course, great programs like Colby that uh, really form young people to be the next leaders in our society and the saints that we can all look up to. We were talking a little bit before the show just about, I was surprised when I was having a conversation at the local parish that people didn't know about the Newman Guide or Newman Guide schools. And I'm a graduate of Thomas Aquinas College. And actually, right. my wife's father was one of the founders of the school. So um, that's been my experience since after high school is that sort of environment and that this is the right thing to do. Yeah, so I'm hoping that through this experience, we get more people who can better understand exactly how this, this works how does a school become a Newman Guide College, approved or, or at least uh, recognized by the society? Okay, yeah. So people ask us all the time what our standards are. There, in, in a sense, there's one key standard, and that is that a Catholic family can send a son or daughter to one of these institutions and be reasonably confident that they are going to get a very strong formation, that intellectually, spiritually, you know, as a person, they're going to come out better and that these are institutions that are sincerely dedicated to that. You know, I'll tell you, I mean, just even in, in recent weeks, we've come across things that have popped up at some of these Newman Guide colleges that are just, you know, very frustrating and, and inconsistent with the mission. And this is the kind of thing that, frankly, I mean, 
we shouldn't be surprised by that. You know, these are institutions with a lot of different people. And uh, we as individuals, as one integral person, also wrestle with constantly disappointing ourselves and disappointing God. And so these things do come up. So no one is suggesting that these are perfect places, but they are societies, they're communities that have a very strong mission dedicated to good, faithful education. They're committed to hiring the kind of people who are committed to that. And so problems are, are rare and, and easily solved when they do come up. And so the culture is, is really pushing on us, right? You get students coming in who genuinely want a good, faithful Catholic education, but they've come up with uh, pornography and um, uh, just a cultural understanding of relationships and everything else and politics and all of that that really influences them. And so it's, it's all the more important that we have these places to help form and guide and, and lead people in the right direction when they genuinely want that. So that's the, the primary standard. Now, of course, in order to figure that out, you know, it's our view that you need to look at absolutely everything. There's nothing that isn't pointed at the mission and isn't directed toward the mission. If there's anything that a school is doing, you know, even if it's in its investments and in its endowment or in terms of its admissions policies or its athletics policies or other things, then then you end up with real problems. And so uh, people accuse us of being, you know, I don't know, uh, too stringent, too, you know, looking at every little thing. But the reality is that Satan has a way of getting in through every little crack, right? And so you do have to look at everything. And so we look top to bottom at student life, we think is very, very important. And, and most people seem to not think about this, but the reality is, is that a typical student is only in the classroom about 15 hours a week, right? About 15 credits. Yeah. Maybe some places it's a little bit more. The rest of the time, they're on campus, in the dorms, doing social things, in the library, whatever it is. And so the campus life is extremely important. Um, the dorm life is extremely important. They're spending more time in their dorms with you know, with many of these places, who knows what going on in the institutions and even in your own dorm room, even if you're only focused on academics. I mean, can you imagine the typical student getting up for an eight o'clock a.m. class and they're coming in absolutely exhausted, physically not healthy because they're not eating right, they're not sleeping right, they're partying too much, their social life is not healthy, their social relationships are not healthy. They may be worried about being pregnant or getting someone pregnant. They may be worried about STDs, which are rampant at many places. They may, I mean, there's just all these different things going on on the typical college campus with adults. Yes, we can call them adults. They're you know generally 18 and older, but they are young adults. They are new adults. I like to call them baby adults. <laughs> you know, yes, they're adults, but they need to learn about adulthood. They have been expected to act as adults until suddenly they're thrown into this situation and their parents aren't around. And, and you need institutions that care about their formation. Patrick, um, I was brand new to this entire world when I came to work for Colby back in 2013. 
And during college, I'd never heard of, of any of the Newman Guide schools. I'd never even heard of them. So when I started getting recommendation letters, I'm like, what is this school called? And I'd have to Google it. And, and um, you know, I was, I was so fascinated when I started looking into them, being jealous that my own college experience yes. wasn't involved with the great books. Now I, I, so I work for Colby and I work also at Magdalen College here in New Hampshire. And so I'm seeing some of these students who are, who are Colby students, then becoming college students. And it's like in their world, they're only choosing between Newman Guide schools. There's mm -hmm. no thought of, of any other colleges. And that's kind of become my world as well. And I just wonder, what is the reason for that? I mean, I what is the reason that someone like me who was just going to state institutions and, and things as I was going through college, I hadn't heard of these is it a pushback from the mainstream where they're they kind of trying to to hide these kind of schools or or what is it? Because now it to, I guess what I'm saying is now it just seems like they're everywhere. I see it. Mm -hmm. That's my whole life. And maybe it's just what I do for my career, but I see it everywhere now. Yeah. And that's very, very exciting. You know, when I was when I went to college, it was Notre Dame, Fordham, Georgetown, you know, all the the big major institutions that it had cultivated this great reputation but what did they what was their reputation built on it was built on all the great things that jesuit education and other catholic education had done over the centuries in terms of having this great strong intellectual formation and being different from you know the typical research university would do and unfortunately most catholic colleges the big name ones have basically bought into the standard education it's not all that different from what you find at a typical state institution. And so um, here come along, beginning around the 70s with Thomas Aquinas College and Magdalene and Thomas More College and Christendom College. And you had these places that were very countercultural at the time, countercultural simply because they were basically trying to do what Catholic education had always done. And um, that has, has finally developed into a good, strong reputation. And I'm just thrilled. I think the Newman Guide has had a lot to do with that. I can say that without being prideful because, you know, I'll be honest with you, when we when we started the Newman Guide, I was thinking of a college guide to all Catholic colleges in the U.S. And we realized that, frankly, it would have been so overwhelmingly negative. And that's not exactly why people want a college guide. They want a guide to help them find a good place. You know, we figured, well, let's just focus on recommending the ones that we think are really strong. And, you know, just marketing that uh, has, has made a big difference. And then families have been so hungry for something that would help guide them that, of course, the, the market was already there for something like this. And so putting it together, it's just been great. But there are a lot of families that will basically say, you can go to any one of these institutions as long as it's in the Newman Guide. And I think that's great. I'll be honest, though, I think that for any particular student, I would not say that all of the colleges in the Newman Guide are good options, right? Because for every student, they have different interests, different needs, um, and so they really need to look carefully at you know what are the places that are, are best for them. But at least the parents can feel relatively confident that their student's going to go and get an education. I think fundamentally this comes down to what is education 
And the sad thing today is that, I mean, it used to be you could send someone to a state institution and they would get an education in the sense that there was there was a general uh, liberal arts kind of core. There was something there that would at least help develop them beyond what they had done in high school. There was an understanding of of personal formation that was at least reasonable, if not, you know, thoroughly Catholic. You know, there are the, these other things. You could kind of see it as neutral territory. Today, that is just not the case. I mean, I I would be hard pressed to find any secular institution today that is not uh, in very substantial ways opposed to our faith through and through in terms of the, the curriculum, certainly in terms of the campus life in leading people in a very unhealthy direction. And so if you go to these institutions, which I understand there are a lot of reasons why someone might have to, you're walking into dangerous territory and you have to be kind of shielding yourself. And then you have to ask yourself, is that what education is all about? Is that why I'm paying this money to go get an education where I have to protect myself from the professors instead of instead of go there and gain so much from the institution? I mean, it's in many cases, it's simply I'm going to go there. I'm going to try to put my wall up and shield myself so I can stay Catholic and come out without having completely lost my faith. And I'm going to get that degree and then I'm going to go on and live a good life. Well, that's not what education is all about. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was thinking people who haven't really delved into the Newman Guide schools and they start looking at some of the, the schools, which I love, you know, Thomas Aquinas College, of course, is dear to my heart. But, you know, Christendom and these small schools are relatively new. And their model is we have to stay small. Not all Newman Guide schools are small, I know, but... So that, of course, brings a sort of economic reality to it, which is uh, some of our families would say, yes, that's lovely, but these schools are so expensive, they're going to come out with, you know, a good deal of debt rather than going to the, the local state school or something like that. So I think you've already addressed, these are the most important things, of course, the, uh, the, the you know, that you end up with your faith and that you're receiving education. But Yeah, well, so the the cost is obviously a very, you know, very big concern. There are practical concerns. Why do you go to college? You do want to come out and have a good education, right? So I think that's what you're getting at, right? That that the reality is you have to deal with those things. You know, I tend to look at it not as an idealistic thing. I tend to look at it as what what is our fundamental purpose in life? What is our fundamental purpose of education? What, what would be our view of success as a parent when we look at our child, when we're nearing the end of our life and our child's 40, 50, 60 years old, and we're looking back and seeing what, what was the result of, of the formation that I provided my child. And in the end, I want them to be really good people. I want them to be good people, but not just you know, obviously most important, I want them to be generous. I want them to be Christian. I want them to, to, to love God. But as a parent, I also want to know that I did everything I could to provide them the formation to be the best person, to, to really fulfill their humanity in terms of being able to really use their mind and really use their talents and go out there and be the person that they can be. And I don't see how you do that in an environment that's completely not only secular, meaning that it's not paying attention to the core issues, but secular in the way it is in most institutions today, 
where they're actually leading you away from that and actually telling you that the things that are important aren't important. And, you know, I, I see so many very, very good students in our homeschooling community where I live who are just given such a great Catholic formation and then they go off to these state institutions and I don't see the result that I see from those who go to some of these Newman Guy colleges and come out and they're just great people. Like they're just, you know, they just really understand how to interact socially, you know, what the things really are in terms of priorities. They're the kind of people actually like to talk to other people and engage with other people and get to know them. Uh, they're people who really have their heads on straight in terms of values and priorities. They're very well disciplined. They're not coming out looking like they just went through a war zone, which in many ways I think many campuses are. Uh, they're coming out looking healthy and fit and happy and just with a general the kind of joy that people have when they just kind of know they're they're close to God and they just know the direction that they should be going in. And I see that very often from the students coming out of these colleges. And and I agree with that whole thing about jealousy, envy. I mean, that's the the greatest sin that I'm tempted to in my work is envy, because I do look at what these students get and I think, oh, would I have loved to have that? how much better of a person would I have been having that kind of formation? It, it, it's not just superficial. It really helps a person be who they should be. Just to follow up with that, because I know not to say anything bad about the great Newman centers and Catholic centers that they have at a lot of the secular centers, Texas A&M comes to mind. Mm -hmm. I know they're doing wonderful evangelizing work there, but um, so a parent says, yeah, but there's a really good Catholic center. There's a really good Newman center at this school. And so we don't really need to consider one of these Newman guide schools. We're just going to go there. We've had success with a child or whatever. I mean, certainly that's an option for, for somebody. But what would you say about if somebody were to say, to respond in that way, I guess, to bring that objection? Yeah, we hear that often. That That's usually, you know, well, come on, we can go to any institution as long as it has a good Catholic center. And so they're thinking in terms of, you know, I want my child to still be going to mass. I want them connected with the church uh, while they're getting their education. But they're not thinking in terms of, is the education the kind of formation that I want you know, my son or daughter to have? And when you ask that question, clearly those institutions are, are providing essentially a refuge for students from from a place that really is not healthy and not good for them. And, and thank God that we have those great uh, Catholic centers and the bishops have done an amazing job over the last few decades of really turning around many of those Catholic centers that were frankly very problematic and, and themselves leading students in the wrong direction. Now I find that they're generally very good. And then you've got focus and you've got these other programs, but you know, you look at Focus, and I love Focus. And I love the fact that they're reaching people who otherwise wouldn't be getting that. But then you 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 take the student who's in a very secular environment, gets Bible study, and then you look at that next to the person who goes to Thomas Aquinas College or goes to you know, Ave Maria or one of these great institutions, and they have four years of a thorough formation in becoming the person that God wants them to be. And it's just, it's just 
better. There's there's no question about it. It's better. And going back to the cost factor, one thing I, I should mention is that we've done analyses and looked at the Newman Guide Colleges. And if you look at the net price, which is what the typical student actually pays for the education, it's not all that more than what they would pay for the typically state, state institution. They get a lot more in terms of financial aid. Catholic colleges do a lot in terms of, you know, they'll set their pricing high in order to be competitive with other institutions, but then they'll provide so much in terms of financial aid to people who need it, to big families. And these colleges are going to place a priority on getting someone from a good Catholic family into their school. And so I always tell people, look, it's not a problem to have the state institution in your mix of places that you're looking at, especially if you're very concerned about cost, but go through the process and don't just look at the sticker price and don't be quiet. Talk to the institution, say, I can't go here if it costs this much. And a lot of these places have pools of money that they give to people to try to help them get into their institutions. Thomas Aquinas College does an amazing job of keeping the, the debt for students uh, very low. And a lot of these institutions are doing everything they can to do the same. And frankly, typical state institution is not doing that. They're getting as much money as they can from the state, from taxpayer money. And then they'll they'll give generous grants and, and aid to very low income families. But middle income, you know, you're not getting a lot of a break there. That's very eye-opening. I heard you say that at the virtual college fair too. And I was like, oh, I hadn't even, that didn't even realize. That surprised me to hear of all the ways that they're closer to the actual cost out the door, you might say, to use the, mm -hmm. the sticker price, the car analogy, that, to continue with that, that it's so easy to just look at the numbers straight that are put forth at the beginning and think, oh, that's not even in the realm of possibilities and just right. move on down the road. Right. I would not have kids in college if I were paying sticker price. Yeah. A lot of the, well, everything you've said about Catholic colleges, it just, to me, it obviously answers all of, all of the objections that you could possibly bring to what's, what's the value of going to one of these good Catholic schools. Uh, my daughter is a freshman at Thomas Aquinas College this, this year, but right. um, in her generation, it seems to me there's, based on what they're seeing, the, the value of an education at other schools, secular schools, they're seeing isn't really all that valuable. And in fact, as you've said, it's damaging. So I see more of a pushback, like I don't want the debt, the education isn't worth it. I'm not going to go to one of these schools. And obviously you've already spoken about why it is worthwhile, but do you see a, a trend that might be hurting even some of the Catholic schools with this? Yeah, I do. I mean, the, the cost just keeps getting higher and higher and higher, and it gets very, very difficult. And so one of my concerns broadly for Catholic education is that there's a lot of what we expect from colleges that really used to be expected from high schools. You know, we used to expect that a high school graduate had a basic understanding of Aristotelian philosophy, had a basic understanding of the world and the theology and all of these things that today we push into the college level. And so I would like to see more high school graduates getting the kind of really good, strong formation that that programs like Colby, you know, try to provide and that unfortunately our schools have sort of despaired of 
of giving. One of the reasons is, of course, that education generally has focused so much on just piling on the information. We have to mm-hmm. cover all of this information. And and so you need these good classically oriented places that are more focused on the formation of the mind, the development of the person, and then they can gather whatever information they need. And so um, that has to happen at the K-12 level. I think there are probably too many people in higher education who really you know, they don't need to go to that level. On the other hand, then you see the great value of the formation that can come at an institution that's genuinely focused on formation at the college level. And those who can afford it and those who value it can go on and and get that. And it's a great addition and it's a great thing for life, but it's probably not for every single person. A few years ago, I was kind of starting to think about how could I develop working with people? How could we develop even even new college? I love Thomas Corners College again, like I've said multiple times, but something that kind of combines some of the needs of students that they're seeing today, make it more a little bit more practical. And I thought here I'm, I was having this great innovative idea. And just over the last year, I was like, no, everybody has this idea. There's I see new schools popping up or proposed schools popping up all over the country with liberal arts plus practical plus keep the costs low sort of these priorities seem to be there but are you are you seeing that movement as well absolutely yeah and and in terms of the liberal arts you know everyone talks about the death of the liberal arts and and frankly a lot of this is coming from the the so-called conservative side which i don't think of it i think the liberal arts are very conservative this understanding that that culture is at the root of everything. And yet today, you know, there's sort of more this libertarian idea of, look, what really matters is that you get a good job and you learn certain skills and you don't need college for that. And I would agree with that. You don't need college for that. You can learn skills in a whole variety of ways. And so there's some great innovation in trying to provide that in different ways. I can see some real benefits to, you know, not everyone needs to go for a four year campus formation stay home, be engaged in your parish and get this education, you know, the the skills education in other ways. I can see us moving in that direction and that could be very healthy for the church. But there's just something very unique and special about that four-year campus environment. And I've been thrilled to be able to provide that for for my kids thus far. And, you know, you certainly do see the results. Is there a danger? I mean, so some of our Catholic schools are just reaching, you know, the 50-year mark. So they're maturing a little bit and I'm mm-hmm. seeing success. And I mean, not starting from a spot where you have your big endowment. Is there any sort of danger of kind of thinning out the the, the pool too much, especially as people are starting new schools? Or is is more collaboration needed or is are things moving in a good, healthy direction from, from your perspective? You know, the culture just keeps sliding in ways that I don't know how we get shocked. And yet every week we seem to be shocked by the next thing. And so, um, you know, in one sense, you see things going down. And yet Catholic education for me is is just the great bright light of where we just see so much movement in the right direction happening. There's still a lot of problems but I'm really thrilled. Um, and I do see, I see the pool of students who are interested in getting a good Catholic education um, growing substantially because they see it. You know, they see what's happening with students at Colby. And, and frankly, 
the average person in the United States has no idea what Colby is, right? They've never heard of it. And yet within the right circles, the reputation grows and they start to see, you know, wow, you know, this person's really impressive. How'd they get their education? What, what school do they go to? Well, what's that Colby program? What's that all about? And so they learn about it. And, and like you said, with the Newman guide colleges, how their reputation is just dramatically taken off. So this is happening and people are seeing the models that work. And the reality is, is that among Catholic adults today, the vast majority of Catholic adults have never had a single year of good Catholic education in their life, right? They don't even know what it is and what it looks like. And so we are rebuilding that familiarity. And as we do that, I do see uh, just great movement and it's really happening rapidly. I think the next decade is going to be a, just a great golden age of, of Catholic education again in the United States. Somewhat the revival of parochial schools, but it's going to look a little bit different, and that's great. It seems like there's also another a new challenge, even for these Catholic schools, which have the good lens that you're mentioning, the, the, because the new, you think that the society has gone crazy, and like you say, said every day, there's something new and crazier. So um, it seems like the Catholic colleges I'm seeing even, again, have a challenge to try to bring in these students who have from all different sorts of formations and even fit them into what they what they have. Yeah, th- there's a huge challenge. But, you know, as they say, the, the church is forged in fire or, you know, the, the seeds of martyrs or, you know, any of that. The, the reality is, is that the greater the pressure that the secular society is putting on us, the more Catholic education is clarified. And we're seeing that in great ways. We're seeing that in the diocese where they are hungry for good, strong Catholic policies because they're getting sued and they have to go to the courts and claim religious freedom. And the courts are saying, well, but you compromise on this, you compromise on that. You don't really seem to be really committed to your Catholic identity. Um, you know, we need to get our, our act together. And, and sadly, we've gone through a tough period but in many ways, I see this as the rebuilding after the whole sexual revolution and all the things that have happened with the loss of, of many of the religious orders. And, and I, think we're, I think we're in a very good place. I'm very hopeful about where this goes. Yeah, there certainly are many reasons to hope. Many, you've identified lots of, lots of things to, to look to when it sure seems bleak otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> are there final thoughts or suggestions or recommendations you would have to families as maybe even those who for whom this would be the first sort of deep dive into a better understanding of what what the Newman Guide recommended colleges how worth considering is maybe to someone who like I was describing earlier might have thought oh that's not even on the table so moving on but mm-hmm. anything you'd have to say to folks like that or along those lines? Well, so first of all, you know, we have all of our information online. The, the Newman Guide used to be a physical publication, but most people wanted a lot of information that we we're able to provide online. It's all free, of course. It's, it's um, available to everyone. Look very carefully at the schools. Don't just assume that because a college is in the Newman Guide, it's the right fit for your student. The first place is, do you want a good, strong Catholic formation? Okay, look at the Newman Guide, but then look closely because each of these institutions is very different in terms of its charism and the type of 
life and experience that students will have on the campus and of course the academics and all of that. So look at that very carefully. Uh, visit the institutions and really get a feel for, for at least some of them. Um, the summer programs, nearly every one of these has a good summer program where you can go for one week, two weeks. And I tell you, the students who go to those just rave about the institutions and they really get a good feel for what the place is like and whether they would really be happy there. And I find that uh, many of the new Maguire colleges tell us that they're now getting very large percentages of their new incoming freshman class from those summer programs because the students see it and they like it. But it's also a great opportunity to see it and not like it and realize this is not the place for me. Yeah. Better to know that ahead of time. So the summer programs are great. Um, once you get to the point of applying, give these places a shot, send in your application, talk to the financial aid people and tell them what your needs are and work with them. And they will, they will work with you. You know, they, they'll probably chastise me for recommending that because they have everybody <laughs> asking for money. But the reality is if you're not asking, if you're not part of that, if you're not telling them what your needs are, then they can't help you. And they really do want to. Great. Great. Jordan, I remember you talking about the summer program that you were part of at Magdalene this past summer. It sounded like that was a great experience for many, and some of the Colby students got to meet each other there. And so that sounds like a perfect opportunity to just kind of scope things out without making a big, big step forward. That's a great idea. So this has all been fantastic. This, along with some conversations we've had before on the Colby cast, specifically episode 59, The Secret Whiteboard with Everett Byarski and Erica Treat, we, we cover some, uh, some suggestions for navigating the college search, just things to think about, discernment to undertake, and that whole process at the beginning of it, and leading right into uh, utilizing resources like the Newman Guide to continue what we started, as he points out in, the, in those conversations of why we even started with Colby in the first place, that we continue and, and help our students take those next steps into adulthood to be the people that they're called to be. So we will include a link to that episode in our show notes and uh, some other of the college and Life After Colby episodes that we've been doing here recently. We'll also include links to the Cardinal Newman Society website and other places we can find you online. You're, you are a prolific writer and speaker as well. Are there other areas that we should look for you online or is the, the Newman Society website the best place to find you? Well, pretty much everything is linked from our website, um, but I do have a regular column with National Catholic Register and so that a lot of my work appears there and other places. Okay. Well, we sure appreciate you taking this time to visit with us. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you for all of your work all these many years and into the future. I sure learned a lot today and I'm confident that many of our listeners did too. I sure appreciate it so very much. Thank you. Okay, thank you. And God bless all of the Colby families and the teachers. Thank you. Thank you. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Colby Cast in your favorite podcast app to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.